is what we've been talking about. Two verses that we uh, looked at as we kind of talk about this topic. Psalm 133, John 17. These are the two verses right here that say, uh, that kind of uh, like are the over, overarching truth to what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Uh, the psalmist says how good and pleasant it is, right, when God's people live together in unity. And so number one thing is that God's people, when we live together in unity, together oneness, like purpose and mind and mission, when we do that, God looks at that and he goes, that's good and pleasant. Right, that we are one. Right, John 17, verse 21b says, May they also be in us. And so, this, this community of God that we are, Jesus prays that not only would we be in Him and in one another and live together, and that's good and pleasant to God, but that the world, so that the world may believe. So, there's, there's, a, there's feet on us as a community. Right? There's feet there. And those feet, you know, the community is us living together and it's good and pleasing to God, but the feet underneath us are that we go to the world and that the world will believe. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than a church that is a going, going church that people in the community look at and go, man, that church cares. They're everywhere. You know, it isn't come and see, it's a let's go to the world, right? And then the world sees that. And Jesus' prayer is that, that we would be so one, so unified in, in Him, in the Father, in the Son, in the Holy Spirit, that the world around us would be impacted by our love and by our going and by the power of the community of God, that they would believe. That's, the, that's God's goal for the community, right? Is that we would be one and that the world would see the oneness because of our activity and our action and they would believe too. How awesome is that, right? I mean, isn't that what we want to be? I mean, that's what we need to be. If, we don't, if that's not what we want to be, what are we doing? Right? That's the only thing that we are here to be, is God's people in a world that's lost and reaching out to them. And, and, and that's what we want to be. I hope you sense that. Right, so t- today, I, I want this, this teaching is going to come from the early church, right? The, the book of Acts. And uh, this is God's like church being birthed onto the planet in Acts chapter 2, and it's crawling, it's just beginning, right? And God is moving in power, and he's changing lives, and he's, he's using his people, and there's a lot of qualities, and there's a lot of characteristics that define God's community in that early church. So look with me in Acts chapter 2, Acts 2, okay, verses 42. Some really good stuff in this first section, but there's really one particular thing that I want to point out. Acts 2, a passage we've read before, you've seen this. It's about the community of God really like shining for God, right? It's kind of what the restoration movement is all about, getting back to what the church is about you know, what they did, how they operated, what was important to them, what God was doing in them, and then us being that church. That's what we want to be, this church right here. Verse 42, so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right, into fellowship, to the breaking of bread, into prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread 
in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Right? Isn't that powerful? I mean, isn't that the powerful church? Like, just look at those verses. I hope your Bible's open and you're underlining some things and highlighting some things because this is, this is what we are. This is us. This is what we're supposed to be right here. This is like a true description of what this church should be like. Right? As much as we possibly can. No, we don't have the apostles here doing what they did. But we are... We are, the, we are the living baton that they've handed us to, you know, they handed it to us. And now we're carrying out what Jesus started in them, and now what they passed on to others and passed on to others, and now has been passed on to us, and our goal is to be this church. And look what he says in verse 44. Here it is on the screen. Look what it says. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Do you see that? I want to highlight that, those last few words. Everything in common. So living in community means that we have common goals, right? That's what it means. It means that we share things in common. We share a lot of things in common with a lot of people. Maybe you're a Hurricane fan. Maybe you're a Panther fan. Maybe you're a, you know, a fan of whatever, and you share that in common. Might even be sports clubs available that you can go to with other people just like you who cheer on the same team as you. Lots of things that we share in common, right? I mean, some of us like to knit, and some of us like to play sports, and some of us like to fish, and some of us try to play golf. And, you know, we have a lot of things that we do that we share in common with other people. Lots of things. But this community shared some common goals that they, they shared everything in common. And, and so we have to ask ourselves, what, what are the common goals that they shared together? Right? That's, a, that's the question. Like, What did they share together in common that we can duplicate or be like? And so let me remind you of some of the things they shared in common, the common goals that the early church shared together. And please note, there's lots of other things that they shared in common all throughout the scriptures, but these are going to come right out of this passage right here. Okay? So number one common goal for this church that we want to be like, right? That's our goal, is to be like the church that Jesus established, not the one that has come through the years of, of all kinds of different uh, additions and subtractions, but to be the church that Jesus started through his apostles. Here's what they shared in common. Number one, the word of God was the truth that they lived by. Right? The word of God. Right? That was what they lived by. That was their marching orders. That was their compass. That was what they lived by, believed in, and were going to die for. Verse 42 says, the apostles' teaching. Right? They, they gave themselves to the apostles' teachings. And that is what? That is the things that Jesus had been teaching them for three years. Right? The things that he'd been pouring into their lives. So they were just a, a living a reflection of what they've been told by Jesus and what the Holy Spirit had been pouring into them through Jesus as he taught them what he gave them, truth from heaven. Right? And that's the apostles' teachings, the things of Jesus. Right? And in, in the same chapter, chapter 2 earlier, Peter laid it out there right? It's the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. The Holy Spirit comes on them. Powerful sermon, right? He proclaims the truth of God. He talks about, he reaches back, right, to Joel's prophecy in the Old Testament and how it pointed to this very day. He preaches Jesus as God's son, you know, that God 
performed through him by miracles and signs and wonders and the death and the burial and the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. All those things that teach, make up the teachings of Jesus. And the apostles, how they witnessed this, right? They were there. They saw these things happen. They heard Jesus teach. He poured into them. He, they watched him die. And they watched him rise. And they watched him appear. And that became that Jesus had been raised to life, had been, had, became the most important truth that they taught. Right? The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. All other truths are great. But that one sets Jesus apart from everyone else. Right? That simple truth of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead sets him apart from every other anything. Prophet, teacher, guru, rabbi, professor, Pharisee, Sadducee, preacher, idol, angel, all things. That simple truth that the apostles taught that Jesus died and rose again sets Jesus apart from everyone. And these people were committed to the teachings of Jesus, the apostles' teachings, right? Like in marriage, right? Marriage, think about a marriage, two people moving together, right? That's what marriage is, right? Two people come together, they share the same common goal in life. Their ultimate goal is to be like Jesus, right? And if Jesus isn't the most important person in their lives, they will not grow together. There's no way, right? That's true. If, if they're not both moving in the same direction toward the same ultimate goal, which is Christ, then there's no way that they will move together. They will, they will move apart from one another. Right? That's true about marriage. Right? That's true. Right? Yeah? Okay. It's true. It's true. And if you're going to get married, make sure that's in place. Right? Well, the teachings of Jesus, so, so just like in marriage, if they're not growing together, they're going to they're going to grow apart. They're going to be divided. The teachings of Jesus will do the same thing. They'll either unite or they will divide. Right? Okay? Just like Jesus said, right? Father against son. Mother against daughter. If two people or a group of people aren't all moving in the same goal and holding the same thing as most important, the teachings of Jesus, then they will not grow together. They will be divided. These people, right, they understood that. See, and they, they were serious about following Jesus and being the community that God had called them to do, to be. And the teachings of Jesus not only empowered them, but impacted them to go and to be the kind of people that God had called them to be. They not just lived or knew the teachings of Jesus, but the verse says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They devoted themselves, right? That means that they were like all in. They were not only willing to live for these teachings, they were willing to die for these teachings. They had made these teachings about who Jesus is, right, their business. This was their business, and they devoted themselves to the Word of God. The second thing we see in these common goals that they shared together, because the Word of God is number one, right? Amen to that. The second thing is this, they shared life together. They shared life together, and that's kind of like for us, right? That's what this, this church did. This early church that impacted the world so hard, like a hurricane, right? They shared life together, and, and the word of God in them and the sharing of life together went out and impacted everyone around them, right? It's, it's reached us here in Burlington, right? 
Because they knew that they were children of God, and in that there was this sense of oneness. It was almost as if when Jesus established the church and they met together and the Holy Spirit was poured out and they had everything in common, it almost was as if God was bringing the church this sense of community like he was trying to do in the Garden of Eden, right? Recapturing or renewing this sense of oneness, God's original intention for his people, right? This oneness among each other and this oneness among the people and God, like this, this sense of community. Not just among people, but among people and among the Lord, right? This sense of being God's people. And, and the church is God's plan to bring fallen man, right, back into the God-intended community. That's what, this church, that's what the church is all about. It's God's people set apart from the world, light in the middle of darkness, open for all to come and be a part of, right? To come in and experience God in the world among his people, right? Created for God, right, in community, fallen from God in community, but now again redeemed to God in community. That's what the whole gospel is about. It's about God redeeming his people back to himself and to one another as his people. And this sense of community and sharing life is, is really built within us. I mean, God put it there when he made us, right? We all have this sense of needing to belong to someone or something or to a family. And even though some of us like to be by ourselves on an island, we don't like to stay there forever. It gets lonely, right? It's nice to get away. But after a little while, <laughs> it's nice to be together, right? So within all of us is a sense of like relationships, wanting this longing to be together, to have other people around us. And we need that. Right? God created us. That's why there's such a rise in like cults, right? And, and uh, people wanting community. And even if that means having it the wrong way. Right? Just a sense of belonging to something or someone. And the problem isn't the need for sharing life and community, but that people quickly wander away from the truth of God. Right in the in the teachings of Jesus, we we wander away from those very quickly. Every community, no matter what it is, stands for something. Right, every community that you're in or a part of, it all every one of them stands for something. The question is, are we going to live by the the values and the systems of the world, or are we going to commit ourselves to the Word of God and the community that God has set up? and inspired through his people and has brought together through his spirit and has been working with among his people for thousands of years. You know, we, we're going to decide, are we going to be a part of that community or are we going to be a part of some other community? All right, but, but this second goal or common goal that these people in the church had was that they committed to each other. They devoted to each other. They said, we know what's going on in the world. We're going to be a part of what God is doing. And they shared their lives together deeply. Acts chapter 4 also describes the life of the church, if you flip over there a few uh, pages, and you see a similar section. And it says in that passage that all of the believers were one in heart and mind. Uh, you'll see that at the beginning of that section, that all of the believers were one in heart and mind. Right? They were like committed to each other. They were committed to the goal and the mission of Jesus. They were, they were committed to, to being what God had called them to be. And in both passages, we see uh, like this sense of sacrificial community, right? 
Look what it says in, in chapter 4, verse 32. They shared their possessions. You see that in that other passage? No one claimed that their stuff was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's a, that's a community right there. Right, that's a community of people that are so knit, knitly, uh, or knit tightly together that they, they, they just like, treat each other like family. We're just family, right? It isn't like strangers where we just say hi to people and then we never talk to them again until maybe we see them next Sunday. That's not community. You know, that's just, that's like the waiter at Cracker Barrel. You see every week when you go in there, right? That's not community. That's just somebody that you see throughout the week in your community. But this community is people sharing everything that they have, right? So much that nobody claimed that their stuff was their own. They shared everything. Also, this community, there's no needy people among them. Why? Because they know each other so well and they love each other so much, the church folk, that they take care of each other. Like, there, nobody has a need. Like, ask ourselves, is, is that us? Are we this community? Are we becoming this community? Is this, does this describe us? It definitely describes them, but does it describe us? No needy among them. And then the third thing we see in these verses, in these two little passages that parallel each other, is this. They sell stuff. Like there's a need among them, and so somebody goes out and they have extra land, they just sell it and they bring the money and they say, here, use this money to take care of that need. Wow, are we that at all? Are we even close to that? I mean, we have people give, right? We have a need, and we, we make that known to people, and people give, and, and we have people who have, you know, money that can help out in those situations. But this is like people just, like, giving till it hurts to help each other because they are so devoted to God and what God is doing among his people that they're all in together. In fact, it says every day, look what it, the, the words say, every day they continued to meet together. In the temple course, they broke bread. Where? In their homes. When was the last time you invited somebody else from the church to your house that you don't typically invite? That creates community. You know, you invite people over. Look around the room right now. Go ahead. Pick out somebody that you've never invited to your house, and this week invite them. Okay? Do it. Do it! That's what the Word says they did. We should do it, right? Just invite them over. You don't have to go extravagant. Cook hot dogs. Doesn't matter. I just invite people over. That's what God's community is about, is it not? I mean, we, we all know that we should do this. We all say that we want to do this. So do it. Let's just do it. Okay, let's be church that goes, that does, that actually puts it into action. Okay, the idea in this community is that sharing was that they all agreed together. Do you see that? They, they, they shared, uh, broke bread in their, their homes. They were glad and had sincere hearts, and they agreed together, each of them. They, like, made this decision as a body. They said, like, what kind of people are we going to be? Right? That's what they collectively were thinking. What kind of people are we going to be? Are we just going to care? Are we just going to send our greetings? Are we just going to send our prayers? Or are we going to get up and go? What kind of people do we want to be? And we need to decide that for ourselves. What kind of people do we want to be? Right? When God looks down on us, what kind of people do we want to be for him? Right? We want to be a people that go, not just care, not just love, not just give, not just help, but go. Right? We want to be a biblical community? If we want to be a biblical community, then each one of us need to figure out how we're going to put these things into action.
right? Not just talk about them, not just have a nice lesson about them, but do them. Common goals. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They shared everything. And the third thing is this, that these common goals of the church spread like fire to the community. Right? Couldn't keep it out of the community. The community of lost souls all around the church could see everything going on. They, they felt the power of the Holy Spirit working in these people. And this seems to be the purpose of it all. God calling people, giving community, good and pleasant because they're living together. They share everything together. And the world sees this glowing group of people who care and go and give and love and serve. And they want to be a part of that. That's what happens when the church is actually doing what the church should be, right? It seems like that's the purpose. It's this rescue mission of Jesus, right? It's multiplied over and over again by every believer. All of us living like Jesus in the world. Jesus transforming our lives and transforming the community because the church is what God has called us to be. The beautiful bride of Christ. Right in the community, right united in the truth and living as one and sharing all of our things, but then you know becoming a fine fragrance to the world around us. You know it's always awesome to me when people come here from the community and they they notice that something's happening here. That's good, right? It's good when they came to the block party and they they can tell that something's happening at this church. They can see it. That's beautiful, right? That's good. That's good. It's a good step. It's just the beginning, right? It's not enough yet. It's not enough. It's good that they are aware, but we, we can go now. We have to take it deeper. And the problem with most churches is we get stuck on just caring. You know, we care a lot, but we don't go at all. And we need to be more than just a caring church. It's not enough to just be a caring church. We have to be a going. If, could you imagine if God was just a caring God? See you down there. You're all doomed and headed for hell, and I do care. Yeah, that's not what he did. He sent his son. And if we're going to be like him, then we better go. Not send others. Go yourself. Go, right? Go. All of us can go do something, right? That's what the church should be about. It's like the, this fragrance to the world, inviting and attractive and welcoming, like, like the fire of the church burning so brightly and so intense that the intention of the fire isn't just for us to sit in its glow, but the intention of the fire is to spread, to spread to the world around us that's dark and lost and to spread rapidly. See, you can't miss verse 47, the result of the community, the result of all these things in common. Praising God, verse 47 says, and enjoying the favor of all the people. That's awesome. And the Lord did what? Added to their number daily those who were being saved. The goal is in community. The goal is the community spreading to the world and people coming to find Jesus believe, that they might believe, right? That's the goal. The joy of God's people flooding the streets, souls being saved and joining the community of God. See, that's what Christian community should be about, right? Connecting people. Isn't that what we're about? Connecting people. Connecting. Like together, like really together. So let me use these box clinics. Can I use this? So we have all these Kleenex boxes in the room. I'm not sure why. Do I make, do I make us cry a lot? Because you seem to have a lot of these around. I've seen them at funeral homes, but I don't know if we should. Okay. 
Anyhow, so Kleenexes are, are pretty cool, aren't they? Pretty amazing. So, so the, the, the cool thing about Kleenexes is this. Look at this. Look at that. Watch. Watch. Isn't that cool? You know what it reminds me of? It's like the next man up, right? Like on a hockey team, somebody gets hurt. What happens? Somebody's got to step up. Trisha's gone to Arkansas. What happens? Somebody has to step up, right? But here's the other thing. How come they do that? Have you, you know, you, I'm sure you wondered why they do this. And you know why they do this. Like, we could do this until the last one comes up. But why do they do this? Why do they do this? Why do they do this? Why? Because they're, they're interlocked, aren't they? Somebody took the time to interlock every cleaner. <laughs> Some machine. They're, they're, like, they're like knitted together, right? They're like connected, right? And that's why they just keep coming up. The next man up, they keep popping up because they're, they're interlocked. And when, when, you know, we can get a lesson from the Kleenex box that when we're like together and interlocked together, we can do so much, right? We can impact the world in such great ways. That's what it means to connect people is to let them come in and get a part of what we're doing, like interlocked. And, and then every one of us like ready to step up and do what God has called us to do. And I don't mean just right here at the church. I mean in the world. You know, don't limit it to this little group. God is going to call some of us to go and do amazing things in the world if we're willing to listen. Like he's looking for people today to go to East Carolina this week to do something for him. Okay, I'm going. I don't know if anyone else wants to go, but if you want to go, you let me know. Because we can't just say we care and not go. It's not enough. The Church of Common Goals is among like, the community around them. And when, they, when the community around the church truly sees the true church really connected and loving each other, they attach. They want to attach to that, right? They want to be, be a part of that. They want to be a part of that group of people who really love each other and care about each other and are actually doing what Jesus called us to do. So common goals, they have the power to unite believers, right? When we share these things in common and they give us mission and they give us like purpose and they shine hope to the dark world around us. That's the goal. It's that the world may believe. So living in community can only happen effectively and powerfully if we unite God's way, the way God intended us to do it, right? So living in community, common goals. These, this church, this early church, the thing that brought them together and kept them together was, was these three things. One, they, the apostles' teaching. The teachings of Jesus were the most important thing to them, and they were devoted to them. So ask yourself, how can I be that now?